Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, everybody, and welcome to In-Depth, presented by the San Antonio Express News. My name is Luis Vasquez, and I'll be your host as we bring in journalists, editorial board members, and columnists to give us an inside perspective into the stories they bring to the Express News each week. Today, I'm joined by Express News Taste Team members Mike Sutter and Chuck Blount. They joined the show to do a recap of the 10 best San Antonio food trucks from their 52 Weeks of Food Trucks series. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. It's Happy New Year. Thanks, Luis. Happy New Year to you, too, man. Thank you, Luis. It's good to be here. All right. So let's get right into it. Uh, let's talk. give it a real recap of the 52 weeks of uh, food trucks. How many food trucks did you visit? And Let's start there. How many did you visit? Must have been hundreds. Well, what that it could be, you know, I'd, I'd like to try to chase down 100 in a year, but, but we just stuck to the 52-week format. So each of us did 26. Oh, okay. For a total of 52. That's still a lot. That's still a lot in food truck land, man, because it's not like they have set locations. You got to chase them down. What I meant was, I I don't know. I didn't know your process. I don't know if you tried like several and then some of them didn't make on the list or something like that. But you reviewed every single one that you tried is is what I. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, through Mike and I's uh, travels throughout the city, we've stumbled upon food trucks you know, for years that we've written about and done things about prior to doing this series. And, um, you know, so we had a little bit of the chance to kind of weed it out a little bit. Uh, you know, Mike did the 365 days of tacos where many of those were food trucks and everything like that. So we got, we had a little bit of a chance to pre-screen. So we, we really kind of put a lot of thought into the 52 trucks that, that we thought, um, you know, we really, needed to make sure that we got to taste, you know, for this series, for sure. And can you talk about the criteria that, that you guys look for um, when, uh, when evaluating the food trucks? Oh, well, I, I think local ownership was a, was a big thing. We didn't want to go to trucks that were just a, an, an outpost of something that's spread through Texas or has multiple locations in the United States. We like to keep tasting coverage local, and uh, that's the that's the advantage of having your hometown paper covering your food scene. Um, but man, Chuck, I felt like pretty much everything else was anything goes because that's the that's the food truck culture. Yeah, I mean, I think that was really really the fun of it was that you know in our previous series is you know we were eating burgers every week or we were eating pizza every week and the variety of the foods. Uh, in the food truck seat in San Antonio is really remarkable. I mean, you know, Mike featured a place that did bagels and, uh, uh, you know, I found a place that had uh, octopus ceviche and things. And, and I mean, it really ran up and down. I mean, heck there was a, 
a food truck that only specialized in peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that we, <laughs> that, that, that we, uh, we, we referenced. And, um, is that run by a 12 year old? What, what's it? <laughs> well, well, it's, it's, it's inspired by like an eight year old. Uh, oh, is awesome. Pedro and Bassey? Uh, well that, yeah, that's the restaurant version, oh. but the, uh, the food truck version is uh, out on the road. So it was fun in that it was a really wide variety of foods uh, that that we got to taste. And I think it really, um, I think we were really able to really get a grasp on the street scene here in San Antonio. And then, and the end result for me at least uh, is that the street scene is extremely strong. I mean, we have three rankings in this series. It, it was uh you know, worth a drive was our top one. Solid neighborhood option, which is again, you can't argue with that one. And then we had once was enough. In fifty-two weeks of going to these food trucks, we didn't have a single one that was that was once was enough. I mean, so oh wow, these food yeah, trucks. Every, that, everybody got the middle or the top. Yeah, everybody. Um, <laughs> And Mike was really generous. Mike, Mike was loving to give out those, those top. Oh yellows. yeah. Yeah. I was, I was just all sweetness and light. Uh, I, I think I gave out 13 worth of drive ratings and Chuck gave exactly five. So when we came, when it came down to time to do the top 10, we just pretty much split it down the middle, except I had to call some things out. Uh, I was going to say about d- chasing down these food trucks. The cool thing about this too, was it was a snapshot of the diversity of San Antonio. We mm-hmm. found black owned trailers, um, Latino owned trailers, Filipino, uh, Thai, Malaysian, um, just across the spectrum of people that you can find in San Antonio, if they have the moxie, the will, the drive to open a food business, they're out there on four wheels in San Antonio. One of the last questions I wanted to ask you guys, and and, uh, Chuck uh, kind of alluded to it, how many of these trucks were also restaurants? I'm thinking of like Milpa, the the, the PB&J truck. How many were... a food truck and a brick and mortar store. Um, not a whole lot that, that I can remember. I don't know, Mike. Do you remember? I mean, yeah, PB and J. I think maybe have been, uh, maybe the only one that uh, that I could recall. I don't know. I don't. What was your situation? Well, the the handful that we wrote about that also had brick and mortar locations. In a lot of cases, say, for example, Project Pollo, which has will have by the end of this year, 12 brick and mortar locations. Wow. They started as a trailer next to Roadmap Brewing over on Alamo. Yeah. And that's another facet of this story is trailers sometimes can be that stepping stone to get into a brick and mortar to learn the ins and outs of the business. And also just to test at a lower risk of capital, whether that's what you want to do with your life. But not very many. I would say fewer than 10 of these had brick and mortar outposts. And in most cases, if they did, it's because they started as a trailer and then graduated into brick and mortar. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. And to follow up on Mike's excellent point on that is that, uh, you know, the reason that, um, you know, the reason we didn't have any of those lowest ratings and things like that is you could tell 
that these owners that had these trucks had true passion for their business and were really proud of the products they put out. And, uh, it, and, and it, yeah, yeah. Project Poyo is almost a story unto itself the way, I mean, yeah, they, they, Mike, what they, they've been around for less than 18 months, right? I mean, it, <laughs> they opened during the pandemic. Yeah. Or during the pandemic. In fact, it was fueled by the fact that bars couldn't be open unless they had a food component. And mm. so the brewery roadmap reached out and said, please, can you help us? Do you have something that you can put in this space? And uh, the owner and man, his name is a uh, skate Lucas Bradbury. He's, he said, man, I, I have had this idea percolating. Let's give it a go. And it just ramped up from there in super speed. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, guys. So let's dive into this list here and we'll start with the, the top 10 food trucks. Number 10 wild barley kitchen. What can you tell me about that one? I covered that one. And those are a couple of guys who were interested in fermenting and they've known each other since college. And for them, fermenting actually meant more along the lines of how can we make better beer? And uh, then they also had food experience. And so they put those two together and started making sourdough bagels in a truck with a wood burning oven there in the truck. Um, starting that operation at four or five in the morning so that they could get the dough rising and get those bagels cooked in time to open up for a brief window. And that's a story where they're about to open their brick and mortar location in the former location of um, Taco Garage on Broadway. Oh, wow. I know exactly where that is. And just real quick before we continue, as always, uh, listeners that you can find the link to this article in the episode's description. So you can kind of see where everything is. Oh, Hey, and I had one truck that I, that I just wanted to mention before we, uh, uh, delineated the rest of the top 10 that didn't make the top 10. And it was just one of those stories that, that really hit home for me about how powerful food trucks can be. Um, it was, uh, um, King, King of Shawarma, a halal trailer and doing Middle Eastern food. And it's a family of Syrian refugees who came to this country after, um, you know, close calls with death in their homeland and um, started that trailer here in San Antonio. And that's their foothold into the American dream. And it just became to me an inspirational metaphor for this whole series. That's Awesome. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, uh, number, moving on to number nine, Holy Smokes Barbecue and Taquitos. You mentioned that that's at Camp 1604. That that just opened as well. Yeah, it did. They were they were parked. That's an entrepreneur named Ricky Ortiz, who's just all about hustle. And he opened the El Camino SA Food Park down by the Riverwalk. Oh. And uh, that's where Holy Smoke had its sort of home base. And then this Camp 1604 gigantic um, uh, airplane hangar of a beer garden opened up on the north side. And he said, man, that's an opportunity I just can't pass up. So he moved his home base out to there. But um, it's a it's a trailer doing, um, you know, a hun- brisket a hundred different ways. If, if you can think of a way to do brisket like <laughs> chopped with macaroni and cheese on Texas toast for a, uh, a sandwich that all, where you can also get, um, what they call, what do they call them? Chuck Texas Twinkies. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like wrapped, yeah, jalapenos and stuffed yeah, with stuffed yeah. with brisket and wrapped with bacon and dipped in gold or, or oh, something like that. Goodness, um, but that's what that's what Holy Smoke's about. Yeah. Moving on to number eight, one of my personal favorites, Milpa, the food truck. Um, I, I have this all the time when I go to Amor Eterno, so I, I'm glad this made it to the list. Oh, that's great. And I don't mean to keep jumping in here, but Chuck and I did, um, you know, we alternated weeks. So that was the just to so happened these first three are trucks that I went to. But Milpa is a project from a chef who's just getting all kinds of accolades, Jesse Kuykendall. Uh, among other things, Chef Kuykendall won an episode of Chopped. Yes. On the on the Food Network. So so this is a this is a, a highlight reel year for that chef. And this truck pays tribute to the chef's mom as well as paying tribute to the chef's uh, Laredo and um, Mexico roots and great street tacos, including a Mollejas, which you don't get a lot of in San Antonio as um it's sweetbreads, thymus glands, right? And oh. uh, makes a makes a great taco, and sh- and they also do a a pork shawarma taco that um, has a real cool Middle Eastern story behind it. That's part of what inspired the the uh, rotisserie movement for street tacos in Mexico. I, I love that spot. Oh, uh, and that's the- another place they've got a brick and mortar now too. Well, that's the one um, who I was thinking of first when I first thought of that question. I was like, so they started as a food truck and then yes. opened up a brick and mortar. So we've talked about that in the past. And uh, the brick and mortar is parked over in a boxcar uh, at the yard near Almost Park in the former location of Ming's Noodle Bar. And in the middle of doing all this, Chef Kaikendal also happens to be the executive chef at Ocho at Hotel Havana. So yeah. if you feel like you're having a busy day, I've got a number for you to call and you'll feel better. (laughs) All right. And then moving on to number seven, Franklin Jack. Oh man. Um, I, I would have originally thought that I was completely being unfair to Franklin Jack and that I visited them when they were only two weeks into business. So obviously there's some, you know, rusty spots that you hit, but, you, you know how like when you go to the Cheesecake Factory and the menu's like <laughs> as large as a Sears catalog? <laughs> um, for a food truck, you're normally pretty good. You're doing pretty good if you have between, you know, eight to 12 menu options. And Franklin and Jack had more than 40 when I went what? there. And uh, I don't know how they did it. Or I don't know how they do it out of a truck. But I mean, we're talking you know, burgers. There was a fantastic lobster roll, um, tricked out fries. They had Nashville hot chicken sandwiches. They had, you know, they had waffles, funnel cakes. I mean, it was like, it was like cramping an entire, you know, carnival, carnival eats into one truck, but also having a very chefy element to it. Um, Anthony Bueno is the owner and chef there. Um, he worked in LA, Houston, you know, before coming to San Antonio. But I mean, as far as, you know, coming out with a bang and, and, uh, really making an influence on the food truck scene, Franklin Jack is a, is a place that, I mean, 
I, I can't even really put it in, into words about um, the, the varieties that you can have. And I mean, we only order, you know, five or six things when we go to these food trucks. And I mean, I could go there probably, you know, two or three more times and still probably would be raving about it. But uh, what, yeah, what an unbelievable newcomer, humongous menu. Everything was done fantastic. I can't say enough good things about it. And then moving on to number six, La Generala. Oh, yeah, boy. Uh, that is a that's a taco truck. Um, and I want to get the uh, I want to get their names. I want to mention them by name. It's uh, Blanca Blanca Marquez and her son Jeremias. And they uh, uh, they were originally from Mexico, and they're they're bringing that um, just a real relaxed, cool vibe to doing a taco truck. It's a mother and son, and I met them when I was judging the Taco Rumble competition between Austin and San Antonio uh, in the summer, and everybody's bringing in these little tiny tacos and um, built for show and with all of these build outs and everything like this. And here comes Jeremias and he's built like an NFL tackle and he's got a taco to match that it's full size. It's covered with this, um, this green pork uh, costillas, um, beautiful rib kind of preparation and uh, great salsas, and they they do that in the truck every day, uh, along with something called um, oh heck, I'm I'm blanking on the name because it's an unusual. Um, oh, it's called. Uh, let me get down to to find it. Called Cholitas Tacos. So it's almost like uh, fried tacos dorados uh, done with uh, you know a wajillo marinade, and then cooked crispy on the flat top and then covered with pickled vegetables and cabbage. Um, it's unlike anything I've ever had from a taco truck, but that, that put them in that, uh, in that number six spot. And then no, number five, I've definitely eaten that one. I one of another one of my favorites, Naco Mexican eatery. Yeah, they're, they're, um, they're parked, uh, regularly at that intersection of Nacogdoches road and loop 410 and, um, at the gas station, the coffee corner with theory, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was an old gas station that somehow, uh, organically turned into a food truck, uh, destination. And, uh, yeah, the Francisco Estrada, uh, he owns that with his wife, uh, Lizeth. And, uh, he, uh, not only is his truck fairly close to my house, uh, he lives close to my house. So I'm walking my dog and I see the Naco Mexican eatery truck. And I almost want to walk up there and say, Hey, you know, can you make me a quick taco? But, uh, the, the, the venue is, I mean, he does, he specializes in, in, in breakfast and lunch. So he sets up at around, you know, seven o'clock in the morning and, and he's doing, you know, omelets, uh, tortas. Um, he really puts a lot of love into, the, into his chili killies, uh, which, you know, you can, you can load them up with, you know, all sorts of meats. Yeah. You know, he's, he does brisket, chorizo, bacon, uh, steaks. He makes a taco though, that, uh, is the shell is made out of melted cheese. 
And so he, he has the melted cheese and he puts the meat in it and folds it over. And it's one of the most like decadent and I mean, amazing things that you can eat, even though your doctor will tell you that you should stay a hundred feet away from it at all times. But, <laughs> it, but it, it uh, really, I mean, really some pioneering work and to pivot on what we already talked about too. Um, Naco Mexican eatery is also about to, uh, I don't know if they've opened it yet or not, but they're, they're also going brick and mortar. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And in the most obvious area. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just to further this theme, um, you know, what's starting out as a, you know, a food truck is turning into these established restaurants and stuff and, and, and Naco is one of them. And, uh, it's one that you shouldn't, you shouldn't miss. I think it's one of those things where you you meant you hit the nail on the head earlier is when they're passionate about it, something and then all of a sudden you're successful at something you're passionate about. It only makes sense for it to like step, take that step, uh, that next step. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, for me, I, I joke all the time that I am more chilaquiles than man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've always said that about you. I, I, I can't. It's embarrassing, but I really almost eat chilaquiles every single day. Oh, wow. Almost, almost every single day. Uh, and it's a huge debate because my sister, well, well, I'm from San Luis Potosí, Mexico. And in San Luis, you kind of don't have, you don't put eggs in the chilaquiles. You, it's just tortilla, salsa, and then some meat and, you know, some sides. But the South Texas here, you add the egg, the cheese, the salsa, and the tortilla all mixed together, almost like it's migas, but wet. Mm-hmm. And I, it's a discussion I have. All, I I love both. I don't know. I love both. So yeah, Naco, the Mexican eatery, the chilaquiles there, some of my favorite. Nice. That's a good endorsement. Uh, number four. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Project Pollo. <laughs> well, and now that since we're talking about this kind of passion that drives you from going to a trailer to a full fledged restaurant, this is the Mac Daddy of all that. Uh, Lucas Bradbury started. Um, taking over um, abandoned, well, not abandoned, but it makes a better story, uh, jack-in-the-box locations, old drive-through spots with high traffic, and he has landed vegan fried chicken into those spots. He does everything that a fast food chicken place is going to do, except does it vegan. Uh, Sandwiches, tenders, salads, wraps, uh, all of it done with this this uh, protein substitute that plant based protein substitute that tastes every bit like chicken. It's juicy. It has a nice body to it. The breading is outstanding. The oil's clean. Um, I like the pricing, and you're not going to walk away from there. Um, without getting absolutely as full as you want to be. And Lucas Bradbury, the owner, he'll be the first to admit to you that this is not healthy food just because it's vegan. It's as decadent as fast food. It just happens to be plant-based because he sees that as a better way to maintain sustainability, not just in the food business, for but for the planet overall. And then number three, satisfied. Um. Another another one of those trucks that has only been on the road for a few months, uh, but yet amazing. I mean, um, chef and owner uh, Brianna Esmeralda, um, she calls it um, 
healthiest, healthiest, or how do I say this? Healthy-ish fat person food. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so it's, it's got, it's got some really, really cool twists on food. For example, she makes potato salad out of cauliflower. Uh, she calls it like Calito or, or, oh. or, or what we, we mentioned it in our small bites is one of the best things, but she's got, I mean, the menu Tex-Mex and Asian um, burger sliders, tacos, sandwiches. But this is, this is a crown. I'm not, I, I can't, I can't put the crown on her head without Mike's uh, a pit without Mike's uh uh, chiming in on this because Mike's eaten more than I have, but this, this, she has a, they, she calls it crack and cheese. And it was, the, <laughs> it was the best Mac and cheese I've ever had in my life. I mean, it was it, for, 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 for starters. I mean, she loads it. It's that curly macaroni, that curdy, curly, hearty macaroni. And it's loaded with the, uh, you know, three types of cheeses. And then, uh, three or four cheeses, and then she loads it up with panko crumbs. And, you know, I, I can't speak for Mike, but a lot, when we do these reviews a lot of times, it's just not possible for us to eat all of it. You know, we take a couple bites and then maybe bring it home or do whatever. I ate this whole darn boat of mac and cheese. And, <laughs> and, and that was the first thing I got. And so I, I had to kind of figure out how to navigate the rest of the food from there because I wasn't going to let anybody else have that mac and cheese because I knew if I brought it home, I would never have another bite of it <laughs> until, until I came back. But uh, uh, yeah, this truck's only been on the road for a little bit, but um, you know, it's, I, I can't say enough good things about it. I mean, everything, everything I had from them was, was, was delicious. And, and uh, you, you know, and, and Esmeralda, this is her, this is her first food truck. This is her first restaurant endeavor, and she's really, uh, you know, somebody you just have to root for. So, but great food truck. And Chuck, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, given our symbiotic relationship, doing these 52 week series, starting out with barbecue and then moving to to burgers and then pizza and uh, food trucks. Uh, what else have we done? What am I leaving out? I I think that's it. <laughs> Did I say barbecue? Yeah, but, well, yeah, um, well, yeah, yeah. Let's, you can take, as yes. far as food goes, you you and I have become uh, twin brothers from different mothers. And if you say this is the best mac and cheese you've ever had, I'm tasting it right there along with you. And I'm going to okay. go ahead and agree. You don't you don't have to look over at me before you say something like that. I'm going to take your word for it. All right, all right. Duly noted. I appreciate that. And I just wanted to say uh, most of the trucks we've talked about, they have almost, I don't want to say permanently, but they have some set locations. This one, go check out the article. Uh, it has a, a phone number for you. You can check for updates on the Facebook, along with Franklin Jack was the other one that doesn't have like a set location really. But then moving on to number two, sensational salads and wraps. This was a really a, breath of fresh air food truck and they've they're they're kind of a they've been around san antonio since 2012 so that makes them a bit of an old timer uh, you know in an industry that's 
very volatile. And a lot of times it's hard to keep your truck on the street. So, you know, uh, almost a, you know, a 10 plus year run is heck of a way to go it. And, uh, you know, so many food trucks, you know, they depend up, upon, you know, barbecue, uh, the, the griddle, the fryer. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, most of the trucks on this list depend on those things. But this, this, this one, I mean, the, the, the name, is, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, they, they've got all these combinations of, uh, you know, proteins and, and, and everything like that. So to make, you can make anything a salad. You can make anything a wrap. Um, you can go with the spinach tortilla, the flour tortilla with the wrap. And everything is priced at less than 12 bucks. And th there's lines. Uh, there was, there was a line about 12 deep. They like to park at office parks, apartment complexes and things like that. But you know, it's, it's, there aren't a lot of, there aren't a lot of great salad options in San Antonio. Uh, you either have to go, you know, get, go to a restaurant, you know, that, might have a one particular salad, but to get this type of range and, uh, you know, I, we, I ordered so much food and they had it to me in, in 20 minutes. I, it was just a nice, it's a nice way. You, you feel good about what you just ate and, and it's all just screamed healthy. It was tasty. It was everything you would want in just a, in an alternative, um, food truck experience and um, it definitely is a, belongs at, at number two. All righty. And then, so let's number one, mass hole. Tell me all about mass hole. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's uh, it, maybe it's not safe for work uh, to be talking about mass hole. So casually like that, it's a, it's a blend of uh, um, Massachusetts attitude and uh -huh. uh, a part of the body that we're not allowed to talk about on a, on a family podcast. Uh, you put those together and you kind of get the attitude that, uh, that some people in that, in that uh, lovely state in the Northeast um, abide by day to day. I'm not going to credit that attitude to Adam and Susan Bailicki who own the place because they are, they're about as pleasant and congenial as they come. And they are just, um, they are getting slammed every day. This is one, another one of those true nomadic food trucks. You don't know where it's going to pop up from day to day. You've got to follow them on Facebook to find out when and where they're going to be and when they sell out because they do almost every day. And that's the price you pay for having a lobster roll this good because that's what they specialize in. You would never, just as much as you never would have guessed that salads and wraps would be the number two food truck. <laughs> you might never have guessed that a sandwich that costs north of 20 bucks would be the number one food truck in this report, but that's how it is. It's fresh, clean, beautiful, and bountiful lobster that's piled into um, brioche rolls that they bake themselves. So that makes the big difference. It's not just a hot dog bun. It's a true brioche toasted roll, nice and buttery, that makes a good crunchy contrast to all that creamy, beautiful lobster. Um, that was a no-brainer, and and Chuck, you talk about lines for salads and wraps, lines for um, lobster rolls that that cost you a, as 
much as a steak at Josephine Street Cafe. Wow. Yeah. That sounds amazing. And so there's a second part to this article that kind of breaks down individual items. But before I I ask you guys about that, I want to ask you too, how you came up with the rankings. Like what was those, what were those discussions like? No, this deserves to be number one. This deserves to be number two, five, six, seven, eight. How, How did you two work that out? Focus groups and think tanks, Luis. (laughs) (laughs) It's just Chuck and I talking on the phone. And uh, we've been, you know, there's been crossover on some of these. Um, I've been to a few of these. He's been to a few of the ones I went to. And uh, it just becomes obvious because I think, too, we have a a really shared taste. And we know what's good. And we know what works and what doesn't. But is this something you're talking about? As you're going throughout the year, this is a candidate for best. Is, or is it something you all wait till after you've kind of visited all the ones you wanted to visit? Well, we kind of, you know, we kind of take our notes. And obviously, we can always reference back to what we wrote and channel back to, you know, this and that. And then when uh, when it comes down to doing these rankings and things like that, we, uh, you know, we just generally have a, you know, a f- kind of a flowing uh, back and forth you know, consensus and things like that. Cause like, like Mike mentioned, what, what we've done, I don't know if we did it on purpose, but we, but we did it is, you know, if, if, if Mike reviewed a restaurant or, or went to a place um, before, then I would do do the, do it the second time and vice versa. If I went to a place, uh, then Mike would do it this and that. So, so yeah, we, we, we really kind of developed a, you know, kind of a, an agreement on, on shared tastes and things like that. So it, it makes those lists pretty easy to do. And, you know, of course, um, certain things like tacos and barbecue and things like that, there are more trucks that offer those things. So that those lists got a little bit bigger than the others. And so we kind of just decided on a set number on some of those things. Gotcha. And it's something I like to bring up because I, I know Mike and I have talked about this on air before. I don't think I've talked with it to you, but I know we're having a lot of fun and we're talking about food and food trucks. But I I really do take the work that you guys do very seriously because uh, Mike put it, uh, you're, you want to take care of the audience's spending dollars. And when, when they go out to eat and they're spending their hard-earned money, that they can trust our opinions and, and why you came to those opinions. Well, that's, absolutely. That's very very yeah. kind of you to say we we have we came by our food truck radar, honestly, just by how much driving around this city we do. Um, Chuck's usually chasing barbecue. I'm usually chasing tacos if we're talking about being out on the road. And so th- I'd say those are definitely our subspecialties. But um, it's it's put a radar built a radar into us that that we can spot a food truck just you know, we're, if you're in a car with us, chances are we're going to be whipping around on a major road at some point <laughs> okay. yeah. when, you, when you weren't expecting it. And in that spirit, too, some of the places that we really liked during the year fell off that radar because as much as the brick and mortar success stories are part of food truck lore, so are just throw it in the towel and say, this, this doesn't work for me. There was a place over here in Bulverde called Lobo Provisions that I really liked. 
Um, they've up and moved to California. And uh, La Fonda de Jaime, which is the uh, taco truck from San Antonio that won the Austin San Antonio Taco Rumble. Yeah. Um, they've, all, they've already come and gone. And, they were uh, over at Tony Siestas, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he reopened later a little too late in the year for this to catch it as part of this series um he's already opened another taco uh, truck or maybe a more broad mexican menu called aroma that is uh kicked up over at that el camino food truck park gotcha and so real quick i know i've kept you guys long enough let's run down the best tacos uh i think there's five of them the carnitas taco, carnitas Don Raul. Tell me about that one. Uh, carnitas have uh, made a big splash on the scene. I don't know how much time we have to talk about uh, each of them, but uh, carnitas Don Raul got uh, a boost from its original Mexico lo- location in Mexico being featured on a Netflix series, uh, mm-hmm. The Taco Chronicles. And so when they opened up here, it, it created uh, um quite the sideshow and they're they're really popular at their park there on broadway over by the pearl and it's just um it's all of the possible pieces you can imagine of pork um in any combination you want if you want nothing but lips and snout buddy then hook you up if you just want stomach and ribs well i got that too and then i'll skip number four because we talked about naco mexican eatery and go straight to mr diablo the taquitos al pastor uh, the key there is uh, making those tacos al pastor on a vertical rotisserie uh, spit called a trompo. Oh, yeah. And um, doing that uh, great um, uh, adobo marinade. Actually, it wouldn't tell me much of anything that was in the marinade. <laughs> uh, all I know is that it tastes great. It comes with a little bit of pineapple. My dad for parties busts out the trompo. It's it's some of my favorite stuff. Um, and, and yet you've never invited me. <laughs> well, I will now. Uh, <laughs> then number two, you got uh, Tlaco, uh, the Mayan tacos. Yeah, the, the Mayan tacos, uh, 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 just amazing. I mean, it uh, the pork is like loaded with sauce, slow roasted. You get four to an order, and I think I think it was like eight or nine bucks or things like that. They serve it with some um, pickled red onion, um, load it up, fold them up, scarf them down your face. Um, good, just really good food. Um, that the, the way that they slow roast the pork with the, with that sauce is just really makes it an amazing taco. And there's Roll them more. up, load them up, stuff them in your face. I kind of yeah. like that philosophy for all things in life. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I encourage everyone to go to the article in the description. There's best sandwiches and burgers, best barbecue, best small bites, best food truck parks. It goes on and on. Uh, it's 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 a it's a huge list. Uh, but real quick, before I let you guys go, what's the next project? Oh, well, we're we're going to put uh, 2022 between two slices of bread and do 52 weeks of sandwiches. <laughs> I love it. Do you? Um, when is the first uh, part of the series coming out? Uh, that the first story, the first installment of that story, and the introduction are both going to drop online at expressnews.com/sandwiches. Um, well, not slash sandwiches; it's slash food slash sandwiches. Gotcha. It's expressnews.com. Sorry about that. No, and, you're good. Um, 
It'll drop on Friday morning and then uh, it'll start in this Sunday's print paper and go Friday, Sunday, every other week after that for the whole year. Excellent. So uh, this episode will be out pretty much right away, guys. So go check it out. Uh, Mike, Chuck, thank you for your time. I kept you forever. You guys were very generous with your time. I really appreciate it. Great to be here. Thanks. Thanks.